Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Someday is Today. I am your host, Paul Audina, and with me is my co-host, Mac Audina. Welcome, everyone. Yes, great. Today we have a very special guest. We do. I'm actually really excited about this. Um, this is my sister, my personal person, um, Dr. Nike. I have to respect the doctor. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, she's been an amazing, you know, person. Her family's amazing. Her mom and my mom are like sisters. So we've been there for yeah. joining for a while. So great to have you. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here with you guys. Thanks for inviting me. And um, I'm looking forward to the great conversation we're going to have today. So hi, everyone. Um, hopefully yeah. we can all learn together today. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And Matthew, you have a question before I do oh, an introduction? Sure. So I, I, you know, Bola told me that we were interviewing Nike, and I'm like, who is Nike? You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I've always known you to share the same name as Bola. So <laughs> yes. Like, I so uh, it's, it, I was just, you know, interested in that. Is that your middle name? Yes, it is. So actually, my full name is Adebola Oyenike, right? So the first name is Adebola. The middle name is Oyenike. Uh, okay. My husband and I, that might be a story for another day. The way we met, he started calling me Oyenike. So therefore, everyone who knows me through him or ev everyone who knew me after I got married, really just started calling me Nike. And that's how I kind of went with that name. His entire family calls me Nike. Um, but of course, everyone who knew me growing up or, you know, my early days, they know me as Adebola, my, my, my first name. But I actually prefer Nike. You know, I'm surprised they didn't actually give me Nike as my first name. But. <laughs> Good to know. All right. Well, Nikkei it is then. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's not. So it's it's funny. Um, speaking of what people call you growing up versus what people know you as. Quick story before we jump into every night. So my full name is Abimola. Uh -huh. I grew up partially Nigerian, like I think a lot of Nigerians too. Um, before coming here, so I came here like around the age of nine. But mm -hmm. growing up, my everyone knew me as Bimbo because wow. Abimola is. The, the the nickname is Bimbo. Right. Um, so when I came here, I was like, well, we're, we're not going to go with that, right? Bimbo <laughs> <laughs> doesn't work. I'm not a serious person. We're not going to do that. So so Bola, you know, is what everybody else started calling me, including my DJ family. That's right. how Matt knows me. However, all of my cousins that I grew up with, even back to Nigeria, they just refused to call me. So call you anything else, yeah. And I think that's the struggle with Nigerian names, because the way our yeah. names are, you know, it could be it, it could be like one or two, like two or three names in one, right? So, for example, my first name is Adebola. But at work, in my professional life, everyone calls me Addie. So I have uh, folks who call me Addie, I have folks who call me Bola, and I have folks who call me Nike. And sometimes I have to explain to people, like, yeah, it's all me. I, I'm, all I'm the same person. <laughs> <laughs> you want some kind of witness protection? 
and some people actually call me Oye, the first part of my middle name too. So yeah, I have four names or more. <laughs> no, no witness, no witness protection here. <laughs> that's hilarious. But yeah, I mean, and that's what it is, is the confusion. So when we were, uh, when Max's family started, actually when Max started meeting my cousins, he was like, who is Bimbo? And why do they keep calling you Bimbo? And even now, my children are like, why, you're, you know, why is uncle whatever, or auntie oh, calling you Bimbo? I'm like, listen, this is who we are. We're here just, now. Just go with the flow. <laughs> and but what's also even more funny is, some of them are married to Americans who don't even have a background on bimbo. So I'm pretty sure they're just like, okay, you know, and even they call me bimbo as well. So the whole thing is just very convoluted, but it is what it is. It, yeah, yeah, can't yeah. help that. Exactly. But yes, so Dr. Adebola Oyenike is the designer and founder slash CEO of Oye Collection, which is an amazing luxury modern African clothing brand. Um, and you know, I've seen the brand, I've experienced it, loved it, and I'm just so amazed by how multifaceted you are. Um, and I thought, you know, this would be such a great conversation to have for some days today, you know, having an amazing professional life. Um, you've always sort of explored um, extracurricular activities to sort of supplement your professional life with some of the other things like teaching that you do. And then, and then of course, you know, being so, um, you know, you, you give so much and you're so involved in church and, you know, the ministry and Zen worship, that's amazing, takes up a lot of time. You're a mom, an amazing mom, an amazing wife. So I thought that was just a lot until you whipped out this brain. And I was just like, okay, you're definitely doing something that I think people need to learn about. In terms of how have you sort of evolved into this space? How have you, how have you made space for all of your interests? And how do you balance it all? Um, and how are you able to do it? while looking so beautiful and being so gracious um, to almost make it seem like, you know, it's no sweat <laughs> off your back. So that's why we're here today. So um, I'll let you do an introduction, a, an appropriate introduction of yourself, and then you know, we'll jump into it. All right, sounds good. Well, thank you for that lovely introduction. I think you did a, a fabulous job there. Um, so, uh, by profession, I am a doctor of nursing practice. I am also a family nurse practitioner. Um, and uh, like you said, I am married um, with two children. I've, I've got a, an eight-year-old girl, and I also have a going-to-be-six-year-old boy um, next month. So. I have my hands full. I am very busy um, with the you personal life. And your huh? anniversary, and your wedding anniversary was yes. yesterday. My ninth-year wedding anniversary was yesterday. Congrats! <laughs> going to a decade. I can't believe it. It's insane. It goes by so fast. Well, you still look like you're 21, so we may have to That's go nice. back and ask for more money. <laughs> 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 Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Um, so, um, as I was saying, I, um, in terms of my career, 
I am actually more in the policy world, so healthcare policy, quality improvement, um, and so I'm, you know, that that's what I do mostly in terms of my full time work in my career, um, and I've been doing that for quite some time now, um, but I also am an adjunct faculty um, um, at a university as well, um, and I've been doing that also probably for as long as I can remember. Um, so yeah, there goes the, the two jobs, not 100. <laughs> <laughs> but the two is definitely enough to keep one busy, that's for sure. Were you going to say something, Matt? I was just saying, and of course, CEO is another job, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Three. <laughs> You're so right. Absolutely right. And so, yeah, um, also recently started my own fashion line um, called Oye. Uh, it's Oye Collection, oyecollection.com. You can find more information there. Um, and started that, uh, I think, December last year. And um, again, like you said, uh, Bola, it is a, uh, a luxury modern African brand, you know, just bring in um, a taste of Africa into modern fashion. Um, and beyond, beyond um, you know, designing clothes and selling clothes, a big focus of this fashion line is empowering women. Um, you know, and, and I can share a little bit more about that later, but um, what inspired the creation of this is more of, you know, just being around so many women, you know, women who are doing so much and just, just looking around me. I have you, you're also, you know, you're doing so much. We have so many moms and you know wives and professionals. We're we're rocking everything, uh, but sometimes you know we forget to just pause and take care of ourselves and you know uh, just 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 look at ourselves and say you know what I'm beautiful I'm fabulous and you know this, this is a time for me to reflect on me. Sometimes we forget to do that, and I think it's so important as women you know, to pause and, and just pause from all the different activities that we're doing and taking care of everyone and nurturing everyone to just focus on you at some point and say, hey, I am of value. I am beautiful. I am powerful. And I see so many women, you know, going through anxiety, depression, low self-esteem, and, you know, but yet they're doing so many amazing things. And it's like, you know, you need someone to constantly tell you, you are beautiful, you're gorgeous, you're, you're amazing, you're a superwoman and all of that, you know, and, 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 and part of it is an experience I also had too, with the whole doing so much and sometimes it's, you know, just saying, you know what, I do so much, but at the same time, I also need to, you know, understand my value because if you don't know who you are, um, no one can treat you the way, you know, like people treat you the way you treat yourself, right? So if you don't value yourself, it's hard for other people to value you. So you, it has to start from you. And so it's all of that, you know, all that experience, all the encounter, my personal experience that led to me saying, you know what, something has to happen. Like I, I want a way to empower women. 
I want a way to remind women of their beauty, of you know what they're made of and how amazing they are. And and to me, fashion has always been something that is just personal to me. I'm not one that you would see on Instagram or social media to flaunt everything I wear and flaunt everything, but deep within me i do have a thing for fashion i like to look good i like seeing people look good and so you know it just occurred to me i'm like you know what i love fashion it makes me happy it makes me happy and here i have you know this this goal of mine or this vision to make to help people look good and be the best of themselves that they can be and so i thought about how can i put it all together and that's how Oye collection was born and you know it was just something that came to mind and I'm like yes this is it it's not where it needs to be yet but that's that's the goal to create that platform to empower women so what else do I need to talk about in terms of my role um so yeah so I do have that um what other roles do I I have oh go ahead actually um I want to jump in um, so first and foremost, uh, appreciated, and I don't know exactly what your question is, and I know, um, but I want to say first, um, as a man, I also uh, like fashion as well. I know, I know your husband. I know he also likes fashion. I think one of the things that um, is great about fashion is that it allows you to express yourself in a yes. way that that you're not always on Instagram, but it's, it it can be subtle. It's like I can I can be unique, but I can also express myself in a way that I'm not actually just being loud and people can just see it. And then you definitely feel good when you, when you look good. Um, So I wanted to mention that, but I also wanted to ask you, you alluded to, um, I guess what I would assume is certain um, feelings that you had within yourself perhaps, and um, that perhaps, you know, you needed to shore up. And as a result, you felt like maybe other women needed it. So you alluded to it, but I'm wondering if we can go a little deeper into what was going on, what you were feeling. And um, the reason is because obviously, you know, part of the reason you're reaching out to women is because you know that they need that sort of shoring up, that assurance. And a lot of times when you get it, when you can... um, when you can relate to somebody else's pain because you feel like you're not on your own, and yeah. so part of, you know, this whole entire thing that we're doing is letting people understand that, you know what, it may look like we got it all together, but, you know, all of us are struggling. So if you're holding on because you think you got to have it all together before you do it, that's entirely wrong. So I was wondering if you could share a little bit more about what we were going through. Sure, absolutely. I'll be happy to. And uh so this is something I probably haven't shared with many people. Um, and so so I think, as we mentioned before, I do a lot, right? Um, just like many other women, um, you know, working professionally um, and also teaching and doing ministry um, and also, you know, um, every, just being a mother, being a wife and being a daughter, everything that goes into that. Um, and I want to say at some point I was overwhelmed. Like I got really overwhelmed with all the different roles and, you know, to the point of just being so stressed out. Right. Um, and again, 
uh, you're right. Uh, a lot of times we all look like we have it all together. I mean, everyone has something they're struggling with. Everyone has. We don't always have it together. It's just not possible. I mean, we're humans, right? And so um, I got really overwhelmed at some point um, to the point where I was stressed out and it was telling on me um, of just being so stressed. Uh, you know, just at some point I had, um, I, I want to say experienced a little anxiety at some point, you know, and anxiety invoked by stress being under so much pressure um and and at some point i was doing a lot of work in my professional organization and just working really really hard like morning afternoon night thinking about it you know for a long period of time and a lot of times we just keep going 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 and at some point our body has a way of slowing itself down and saying hey listen you know, I know you're trying to do it all, but you have to slow down. You have to pause, just pause, yeah. you know, like, and, and I got to that point where my body started slowing me down and said, listen, you're doing way too much. You need to calm down, <laughs> you know? And so started feeling that just being really anxious that I have to do this, I have to do that, I have to do this, go, 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 and all of that. And it wasn't until I had that encounter of just being so, you know, on more than 100% all the time and feeling that anxiety and feeling, you know, just that pressure on myself that, you know, I, again, my body had to slow me down. I didn't slow down myself, but my body said, you're going to slow down whether you like it or not. And so it was that during that moment that, you know, I started reflecting and I, you know, and just so many things happening around me. And then talking to other women about it too, about what I'm feeling, the pressure I, you know, I, I, I'm feeling, um, and, and, and just feeling like I, I'm doing too much. And just having that conversation with other women <clears throat> opened my, my mind and opened my eyes to see that there are so many of us struggling with that. I was not alone. There was a lot of women, again, you know, with the whole, you know, just feeling like, they're doing too much, feeling anxiety, feeling depressed, feeling, you know, just that, that pressure, right, of trying to be the best in everything we're doing. Um, and then just talking about it and seeing the need. So I identified the need right there, first with myself and knowing that, yes, you need to, you need to pause and you need to, to take care of yourself. You can't do it all and you can't, you know, to be the best of you for others, you have to take care of yourself. You have to be the best of you, right? And it all starts with taking care of yourself. And so um, having that experience and encountering, you know, my other friends and, and colleagues and, and people just opening up and talking about how they feel, um, you know, right there, um, opening my eyes to the need that as women, you know, we need that reminder. As women, we need you know, that push to say, you know what, you have to take care of yourself as well. So that's just a little bit of, you know, um, what triggered, you know, this new phase in me that I'm like, you know what, I need to first slow down. <clears throat> and secondly, I need to, you know, I need to find purpose in what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Right. So a lot of times we get into the professional world and we're doing, 
you know, the nine to five and all of that. And we get so comfortable with that. Um, but there's so much more out there to finding your, you know, finding your passion and finding what makes you happy, what, what, what brings you joy and, you know, what just puts that light in, 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 in your eyes and that, you know, that, those sort of things. And so it was during that moment of slowing down that I started thinking about all of this and thinking about my life and thinking about, you know, um, uh, my current state and the state that I want to get to, right? Do I, is this where I see myself doing the nine to five constantly and just, you know, going and revolving around the same circle? Or do I want to make a change? Do I want to see something different? Do I want to find more purpose in life and, and do more of things that makes me happy and that brings joy to me and brings peace to me? And, and that, you know, that, that was sort of how that came about. And you know, I said, yeah. you know what? I have this goal and I'm going to go for it. Yeah, no, that that's that's great, and I'm so glad that um, number one that you shared that with us because I think that um, is a great reminder for women, um, particularly because I think there are two types of women. There are women who are just visibly um, stressed out and saying, "I don't got it," you know, "I don't understand how," you know, "Adibula Oyenika is doing it," but she looks like she got it and. And for whatever reason, you know, they continue to feel anxiety, even from watching, you know, someone mm -hmm. like you. Um, I think I'm in that camp. You know, I, I, there's so many times that I'll wake up, I'm like, Greg, I don't understand how people got it. I don't, I'm struggling. <laughs> and even the thought of that, the notion of someone else seemingly being able to just do it so well, even adds additional stress to, you know, people like myself. Because I'm like, yeah. I, I feel like I should be further along, I should have it, but I'm stressed out because I don't. And then of course there are women, you know, kind of like yourself, who, you know, you, you're so gifted and so talented and so well resourced, um, but even still, because you want to use all of the resources, you still get to a point where you're thinking, okay, I'm a little overwhelmed. There's a lot going on. I need to figure out a way to rebalance and um, figure out a way to um, get you know, what's important back in focus, you know, to exactly. me. And, and I think that's where a lot of the question, you know, when people say, you know, can women have it all? You know, a, a lot of women are struggling with that. And, yeah. and it sounds like, you know, for you, what you're saying is, you know, you, your body literally reminded you, even though you felt like you were doing a good job with it, your body said, okay, nope, we need yeah. to go down and maybe yeah. think of what having it all means. Mm -hmm. And redefining it for yourself so that you can yes. um, go after that. Um, Absolutely. I think it's, it's interesting. So I'm always, first and foremost, like whenever we have these, um, you know, interviews, nine times out of ten, I don't know that we had any men who came in here and was like, you know, it's out there. No, it's so curious. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's because, first of all, she's the one who's running all this. And, getting all the interviews so maybe that's what yeah maybe you maybe you should do some stuff so I'm not yes man yeah yeah i agree maybe you should think after me and say i'm a step all right but, but whatever so but the point is that um 
that is so is curious. First and foremost, what you described, I thought you were just going to talk about how you had the similar thing. Yeah, I, I'm, I'll, I'll talk thing. about that as well. My fibromyalgia. Yes. Yes, <laughs> it was yes, like, yes. She was breaking apart as well. My Her body, body literally. <laughs> there were days, like weekends, when I could not get out of bed for like <laughs> days on end because my body just had bruises. I couldn't move my, my muscle ache. Like neck wow. had to physically carry me from room wow. to room. Like, it was bad. It was wow. bad. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's, I mean, on a couple of fronts. First, I think it's, um, and maybe it is the fact that, you know, you guys feel like you got to be the perfect moms. And then you also have a job. Whereas before, <laughs> you were in the home. And, you know, guys, and I can say before, like, you know, traditionally, <laughs> um, you were in the home, guys who went out to work and then came back and just ate their meals. You know, and that sort of thing. And I can imagine there were a lot of women who were completely bored at home with these damn rascals running <laughs> around. And then, but 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 the, the the fact that you were able to enter the uh, or enter the workforce didn't mean that you got to go home and have somebody else to handle all of your um, you know your your domestic duties. Maybe that's entirely what it is that's just piling on. Um, but still, I feel like I you know I, I would be curious to understand because I also feel like. You know, for me, I feel like I have a, well, not as much as you feel, um, perhaps with respect to, you know, the home, but I feel like I have a, res a responsibility with the kids. But I never, I don't ever feel this um, need that I feel like a lot of women that we've interviewed have where it's like, I've got to do it all. Like I've, yeah. And I, I've never felt that need. I don't know that there are a lot of men who feel that need, but I also um, am curious as you know, as to why it is that women are also entering this phase where it's like, not only do I feel like I was doing too much, but now I got to really find my purpose. And I don't see that a lot with okay. men, um, which is- Well, so you also have to understand women and men are wired differently, right? We're, we're different. <clears throat> women were, you know, when nurture, like we, we, we we were created as nurturers, right? So we nurture, like it's just an innate thing that we have within us, right? We feel like we have to, it would be nice if we didn't have to work, right? <laughs> and and we're just, you know, doing what we what we have to do and the men bring in money, um, <clears throat> uh, excuse me. But but anyway, I mean, we're nurturers and, and, and I feel like with women, we just have this pressure on ourselves because you know, we feel the need that we have to do things, but we have to do it perfectly. We can't just do it halfway, right? It's just it's just the nature, and that's what I've noticed. As a woman, when you see a woman doing something, and I'm not by anything saying women are better than men or any of that, I'm not going there. Um, but it's just it's just something we have in us to do things and do it well and just go all out. When you see a woman who's getting their education, they're all in and trying to be the best in that profession, in that career, in whatever it is. And again, I mean, um, I feel like there's also, you know, you know, the 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 reality of life that you face out there in terms of as women, sometimes we have to work a little harder, right? Um, to maybe prove ourselves or, you know and let people know that we are capable for the job and we can do it just as well as the men, right? So I feel like there's so many different factors that play into that. 
But the one key one is we're wired differently as women from men. We we are made to nurture, and we just want to nurture everything we're doing, and we want to do it perfectly and well. And that's where we struggle with. Wait a minute. Okay, there, there's got to be a balance of doing it. In, it all. I know we can do it all. I know we can take on many roles and wear many hats and do it all so well. But we are human beings, um, and our body also, you know, has sort of a um, it, it has its own requirements, and you have to respect that. Um, and while you're trying to do it all, you also have to balance it with your own well-being and taking care of you and making sure you're healthy and well enough to do all those things that you're doing well. And sometimes we have to choose our battles. I mean, sometimes we have to choose what, you know, what we want to do. We can't be jack of all trades and do it all and do everything. Sometimes we have to sit back, relax and say, hey, why am I doing all these different things that I'm doing? What's the purpose? What is the goal? And if you can't really answer that correctly and be able to come to a conclusion that, okay, maybe I don't have to do all of this stuff. If there's a particular purpose or goal that I'm trying to achieve, is there a way that I can achieve it um, in a balanced state and still be happy and live a happy uh, life and also be well? You know, so it, it's all about that finding that balance to the purpose. Yeah, and I, I don't want to dominate tonight, and also don't want to dwell here because there's a lot um, of multifaceted um, aspects to you. But as you're talking, as I'm thinking about this, uh, I'm thinking that um, what perhaps this is just uh, a theory that I'm putting up, um, and we can you know choose to leave it behind or whatever we want to do with it. But um, I'm thinking that um, with respect to like you talked about men and women being wired differently, and I agree. Um, I think perhaps what it is is with men, there is, um, you know, this idea that, you know, core vulnerabilities for men is the shame factor. Like, they don't want to um, be ashamed. And so failure is a huge, huge obstacle. So when you talk about, you know, having to do everything perfectly, a man would probably, um, would probably not try to do everything perfectly and instead not try to do it, everything at all because of the potential <clears throat> failure. If you fail here, you fail here, then the shame is too big, whereas that's not as big of an obstacle for a woman. And so what happens is because we you see everything that is possible, you're like, I'm going to try it. I mean, I can fail, but it's not going to be that big of a deal. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that. Inevitably, you keep on adding new things to try. That's when you have this you know, dilemma. It's like, I can't do it all. And then you have to go back to narrowing, um, you know, when you're like, okay, I can't do it all. So now it's like, why would I, why was I doing all this to begin with in the first place? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because I saw my friends doing it and I had to do that too. And, I, and then how you have to now say, well, I need to do what makes me happy. And that's a very good thing because, you know, you go through a conflict and then you have a resolution and now you're on your way, whereas men aren't even freaking trying. So if they're not trying, like, you know what, I'm sticking to that one thing and maybe they're miserable. But they're not getting to the point where they have to make a decision because they're not overwhelmed. So that's just my theory on it. Um, That's how I'm thinking. No, and I hear you. Go ahead. Well, were you going to say something? 
I was going to say, you know, I think that actually leads very well to the point I was going to make. There's a book that we're reading, Mac and I are reading now, it's called um, The Big Leap. Mm -hmm. um, and it talks about how people operate in different zones. Um, and to Mac's point, you know, there's obviously the zone of incompetence where people should not be operating. If you're not right. competent in something, you shouldn't do it. And right. to Max's point, most people find themselves working in their zone of excellence, meaning you're just good at it. It just may not be your passion. Like you just happen right. to be good at it. It's not your passion. People expect you to do it. And right. because you're great at it, you just decide to stick in that zone. Exactly. But, he is saying, but he is saying that unless you're in your zone of genius, mm -hmm. um, you're going to come crashing. Like something happens right. around the age of <laughs> 40s where, you know, and he actually cited fibromyalgia as one of the things that happens. Like your body literally starts to resist it. It's something that your soul is looking to bring forth, which is within your space of genius. But because you're not honoring it, your body literally starts sending you signals around this age, which is probably yeah. why we're finding a lot of us are going through, you know, what people call midlife crisis, you know, yeah. whatever. I don't call it midlife crisis. I call it a rediscovery of my purpose. Um, <laughs> but, 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 that, but that's his point is that, right. and I think that happens to what you're saying, what you're saying, Mac, at least for men, in that, you know, a lot of people find their zone of genius. And we may find it as nurturers, like you say, uh, not genius, your zone of excellence. And it, for, as women, you know, you're a great mom, you're a great friend, great daughter, you're great at your job. All of this greatness is cute and all, but if you're not working in your zone of genius, it's right. taking double toll <laughs> you. You know, it's yeah. taking you a, a lot of energy to be excellent, but it's also, in addition, working on you because it's not necessarily what you were created to do. Right. So unless you find that zone of genius and you redirect yourself, you literally, like you said, start to fall apart. And Absolutely. people go anxiety, depression, you know, fibromyalgia, what have you, as a way to really force that um, assessment and potential redirection in mm -hmm. terms of how you now spend your time and energy. So I think, I think that's great. Yeah, and in addition to that, too, I think age and growth adds to it as well, right? So things that we value when we're younger is different as we go about in life and, you know, live long enough and to see different things happening around us. I mean, you get to see, you know, challenges, you get to see issues, you get to see people dying, people falling sick and things like that. And it really makes you think and say, you know what? I mean, is it really worth it to to do all this stuff and live a life of pressure and you know live this life that is not really meaningful to you? Like, you, I mean, people say life is too short. Like, you need to find your purpose. You need to find the meaning for you and live your best life and make sure you're happy that you're able to wake up and do what, what brings light to your face, right? Um, okay. As opposed to just going with emotion and doing things because it seems right, you seem to be good at it and all that stuff. But again, as you grow older, you gain more knowledge, you gain more experience, you, you, know, you gain more wisdom, and you're able to think and prioritize and say, you know what? 
in this age of mine, I'm not trying to, you know, just live because I'm trying to impress anyone or I'm just trying to, you know, do things that, that don't make me happy. Like, I want to make sure whatever I'm doing at this stage, at this phase, brings purpose to my life and, you know, um, makes me happy. So, um, and for, you know, at some point too, I, I, I would find myself doing things and while I'm good at them, it's still not really, you know, you feel like there's something missing, you know? And I, I've been in that zone. I was in that zone for some time. And it was not, and that's where my faith come, comes in as well. Uh, it was not until I said, you know, there's something missing. Something, you know, like you feel like there's something, there's a higher calling for you. Something else you should be doing. And, you know, until you find that, you really don't find your peace and, you know, the, just yeah. that full, the joy and, and the happiness. And that's what led me you know, to the whole Zen worship that you mentioned before, just, you know, really going into my faith and, and going to God and saying, hey, for some reason, I'm not, I'm not feeling fulfilled with everything I'm doing. And I think I'm doing okay, but why don't I feel okay? Like, why does it feel like something is still missing? And so just right. going into, you know, prayers and saying, hey, lead me and guide me. And, you know, that's how Zen worship came about. But yeah. Another story. <laughs> no, no, no. That's 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 amazing, and I think that also leads into because I do want to understand the process you went through once you understood that something had to change. Um, you know, what was that pruning process like? What did you have to sort of prune and get rid of um, so that you can now allow space for you know more of a purpose-driven life, you know, and then be able to now give birth to some of these initiatives that you're working on? That's a really good question. I would say two big things. Well, no, three, actually. One is fear, right? Mm -hmm. um, oh, one second. Uh, can you guys still hear me? Yep, yeah, we can hear you. Now we can see you as well. Okay, good. Okay, good. So one, I would say is fear. You know, we're all, I think I said before, sometimes we're so comfortable. We're like in that comfort zone and we don't want to, you know, the fear of the unknown, right? Um, it's hard to take that step when you're very comfortable doing what you're doing. When, you know, you have a steady income, you're comfortable and all of that. And it's just scary to try to, you know, unleash and just go out and do stuff that is not in your comfort zone and that you don't know what the outcome would be. You know, it's scary. It is scary. And when you have that fear, it's hard to move, right? Yeah. So that, that's one, I would say. Um, and the second is control. I had to give, give, um, get rid of my control. Because I, you know, I'm one that I like things a, a certain way. I like a um, certain level of excellence. I, you know, like, I just have things that, I like things done specifically. Like, you know, um, I, I, I like how, you know, I, I have in my head how I want to see things, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I tend to want to control my own life and control how things happen and all of that. And when you're when you're working in ministry with the Zid and worship, you can't do that. You, you have to, when you're living a life of faith, 
you have to let go, which is scary. Like letting go and letting God guide you. That was a big one for me. It, it took a while for me to get to the space where I'm like, okay, surrendering and, you know, just, you know, um, I'm not going to be so controlling and try to, you know, fix things. Um, the other way, the, the, the third thing is putting myself out there. I'm a very personal person. I'm a very private person. I I mean, I share on social media, but you can't know me based on my social media. If you think you know me, you don't. <laughs> you know, like, I, you know, and I, I mean, I know some people put everything out there and hey, more power, you know. But for me, I'm very private. I just, you know, I like to keep certain things to me and, you know, um, and just keep my life private. But you know, with the ministry, with something like, um, uh, you know, Oya Collection, it's hard to kind of be private, you know, and, and so that was another scary part for me, like, okay, this means I'm going to have to put myself out there a little more, which I, you know, which is not really in my comfort zone, but, you know, I mean, again, you can always find balance. That doesn't mean you still put your whole life out there, but, you know, you still find that balance of maintaining what's important to you, but also getting your vision, you know, done. So, so those would be the three big things that, um, I've had to work on and work with. Yeah. So, so I think what's great about that is, um, if, and I'm sure you agree, Mac, if we were to distill our process as well, I think those three would pretty much capture it. So I, I think I agree with you a hundred percent. And, um, you know, we talk a lot about how do we communicate? Because part of what we want to do with some days today is, as Max said, we understand everyone is struggling with this. We all understand people are feeling somewhat empty or not fully fulfilled, you know, but you have anxiety around how do you find that new path? And then how do you then fully step into it without feeling like, you know, people are going to look at you like you don't lost your mind. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, something that part of the process what we talked about and I think we called it differently so uh, oh, we named the process differently but fear of the unknown was one that we spoke about as well and how we addressed it is you know we talk about you just got to stare into the light because yeah. a lot of times you see something it's just so bright and it's so scary to even try to grasp right? right so you almost have to force yourself force your head force your face to look into it because otherwise, you're just like, nope, let me look away. So yeah. we um, talk to each other all the time when we're feeling those um, self-limiting either ideas or behaviors when you recognize it. You know, we kind of say, you know, you got to stare into the light. Or another mm -hmm. way to, to um, talk about it is you have to go to school, go to college. You know, yeah. at this point, we're graduating from what we've known high school, you know, the hand-holding that our parents did. When you yeah. step into it, you realize, Oh, no, no, this is the big leagues. Like, it oh, wasn't yeah. a, it wasn't a, I don't know, my, like, you yeah. understood, like, the first day, this is college. Absolutely. So, I, I think that was something that has been, um, that we go to over and over, because we're understanding that we're graduating, or we're tempting to graduating into, to graduate into a new phase. It's going mm -hmm. to be scary, but yeah. you got to see into the light, and you got to go to school, you know, exactly. which means you don't know, right? 
you know, all of your, um, you know, what it feels like to be an expert in something. Now you've got to give up control because you don't, you got to learn and exactly. relearn. And, um, so that's that. And then um, for the other two, you know, for um, sort of the, the control one, it's, um, you know, for me, how I have um, sort of tapped into it is really just, um, just obedience, you know, and it's the same thing that you said with, um, with faith. I cannot, my, you know, what I say is intellectually, I've led myself, you know, by trying to micromanage anything into a space that I don't like or desire to be in anymore. So yeah. I don't got it. Let somebody mm -hmm. else guide me. So at this point, I'm just going to obey, you yeah. know, whatever has been put onto my heart, whatever is on my soul. I'm yeah. just going to work it without trying to intellectualize or process it. So that speaks to that whole surrendering thing. Absolutely. And then put yourself out there. I mean, that's just a must. When you're trying to try something new, do something different, that comes with it. You can't do it in secret. You can't mm -hmm. sell a clothing line without people knowing about it. Right. It's a fake. Everything, right? That's yeah. what. You know, some days today, that's where, you know, time to start, you know, we have a new practice, consulting practice. You can't do anything without necessarily having, putting yourself out there as a part of the process. So that's right. also something that I think is such a great um, tip that um, you really touched on. So, yeah, very good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's a work in progress. Um, yeah. For all of us, like, we're always learning to put these boundaries, but I think that's definitely it. Like fear, fear of um, being judged by others. You know, um, and that's part of the reason. I mean, part of the reason we're doing this is to force ourselves to expose ourselves. You know, like I'm definitely also a very private person too. So, like, I've joined social media precisely so that I can force myself to do these things. And the, the more, so there are multiple books that we are reading. It's called The Untethered Soul, and what it says in that book amongst many things is like we've created this narrative and these sort of like four walls around what we perceive our character is in this world and mm -hmm. so every time it's like these invisible walls it's kind of like what he talks about the um, dog collar like the electronic dog collar on a, on a, on a, on a dog where right. they go too far outside the perimeter they feel it and so they now stop going outside because they start to feel a certain level of pain and for us that pain is you know, exactly. exposing ourselves, you know, yeah. people potentially thinking and that kind of fear. And so we start trying to venture outside of that zone. And so it's, uh, for me, um, and what he was talking about is essentially pushing, constantly pushing past those walls. And this is what, right. you know, we're hoping to do. And, and I, and, you know, um, my question to you um, well, I have two questions, but let's start with one because I tend to like just hit you with all the questions. <laughs> <laughs> let's start with this one here. Um, you know, how are you? It's very difficult to do, just you know, we're talking about how difficult it is, and I'm, I'm um, grateful that I have Ola to kind of like partner with me on this new venture, on this new college that we're going into. How are, how are you doing it? Are you? you know, venturing off on your own? Is your husband on the same journey with you? Do you have a friend or are you using members of the church to, to help you? Because sometimes, you you know, going at it alone is very difficult. So let me ask you a question. Um, is your question specific to 
the business Oya collection or just life in general? I, I would say it's um, you can incorporate the business because I imagine that's part of what's happening in your life, but it is definitely, you know, this new awakening, this new understanding of where you want to be. So life in general. Yeah. So I would say um, uh, we're definitely in it together. Uh, I, I don't think I can, you know, do all of these things that I'm doing without having them on board. Right. Because, we're partners, right? Um, we're both parenting together. Um, we're living life together. And so for me to venture into things, um, you know, it's not just affecting me, it's going to affect him as well. So we both have to be on the same page. We both have to agree. Um, and I've been lucky, you know, enough that I have a very supportive husband because um, if not, I don't know how I would even do all this stuff. Even, you know, when I expressed to him about Oye Collection and, you know, my vision there, he immediately said, I like it. You should do it. I think you should do it. And what can I do to help? So he jumped in, supported me the whole time, trying to figure out what am I supposed to do? Well, how do you even start a fashion line? What's the first thing I'm supposed to do? Like I'm researching, he's also helping, supporting. And of course, while I'm doing all this other stuff that I'm trying to focus on, someone's got to take care of the house. Someone's got to take care of the children, right? So if I'm not able to carry all that fully, at least he's there to support and, you know, to help, help offload the load a little bit and, you know, help with the kids and, you know, we do it all together. So which is, you know, one part I would say, you know, it, it, it's been really amazing to have him support my vision. And at the end of the day, to be happily married, you kind of have to, you know, you have to support each other because if you don't do that, it, it's not, marriage is a partnership. It's not something you can walk in selfish, right? You have to think about, yes, I have my goals, I have my vision, but you also have to think about the other person. What's what are their goals? What are their vision? You're supporting them. They're supporting you. You're supporting each other and helping each other. You know to to achieve. You know the goals that you know they want to achieve in their lives to make them happy. Because if he's not happy, I'm not happy. If I'm not happy, he's not happy. So we have to make sure we're all on the same page and we're partnering with each other and just really supporting each other. And even with the faith. Like he, you know, I consider him my partner, you know, in ministry because, you know, thankfully I married someone who believes in the same, you know, faith that I do. And he's very active in church, just like I am. Um, and even with the ministry, like, you know, he supports me with that. I'm supporting his ministry. So it's, it's, it, it really, marriage is a give and take. So you both, you have to give something and you, you know, you're getting something in return. So as long as everyone can both come on the same page, you have his buying, he has your buying, I think you can, you know, it becomes easier versus the other way around, right? Absolutely, that's great. I mean, our, the husbands are uh, absolutely good, you know? I, I, if I, <laughs> don't flatter <laughs> yourself, Mag. <laughs> don't don't flatter yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> 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 I'm 
And, and I bet you he's probably he's probably eavesdropping somewhere too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Okay. Uh, but, uh, no, I think that is a great point. Yeah. I think um, it's very difficult. Uh, number one, to evolve by yourself without having—I don't know if it's an accountability partner, but just someone who can. All right, um, evolution sometimes brings me in doubt, you know, so you need someone when you said I want to do the fashion line, he's like, Oh, you got this. Even if you can feel like you got it, just his his faith alone and your ability to do this, yeah, probably pulled you up and bolstered you. Mm -hmm. Um, and I thing for him. So it's great when you can find that accountability or support in your partner. Um, mm -hmm. Because then you know, you're working towards the same end goal. All your exactly. resources, energy um, is going towards the same thing. So I think that's great. I wonder, because I do think there are couples or people who sometimes don't find that in their spouses. You know, maybe they find it in a best friend. Maybe they find it in sisterhood. Maybe they find it in their, their siblings. You know, there are different ways to find that. But I do think it's important to find it. But mm -hmm. I wonder been sort of a natural um evolution for you guys where it's uh, it's kind of whatever you are doing i am supporting you full-fledged no matter what or has it been sort of a journey where you all um kind of ultimately understand each other's journey and are buying into it and before you answer the reason i say that is because i think mac and i are supportive of each other um in terms of well, i think we've always been supportive of each other but i think that we are evolving together so in terms of you know going to college um and that sort of um started and you mentioned that started with me first you know you know evaluating the life that i'm living and questioning whether or not it's purpose driven and you know he's talked on previous podcasts about how you know, I started evolving and he's questioning what is going on. I better get <laughs> behind. So I just wonder, was has it always been a one and two with you guys where I'm doing this, I'm right there with you, or has there been a time when you had to one had to catch up to the other? Oh yeah. Um I don't think there's any perfect, you know, <laughs> you know, scenario where everything just happens automatically or perfectly. Um, I mean, there are certain scenarios where there are some, like the fashion line, where he was, you know, with it from day one, like, that sounds great. You should do it. How can yeah. I support, right? Um, but then you also have a, a place where I'm trying to find myself, right? So I went through a phase of my life at some point where I needed to find myself. I needed to know what on earth I'm about or where I'm trying to go. He can't help yeah. me at that point because I'm still trying to figure it out. I don't know it, right? So um, until you get to a point where you're able to really articulate it and say, okay, I think now I know. This is yeah. where I am. I'm not happy here. This is where I'm trying to go. And this is what it's going to do for me. Until you're able to articulate that, it's hard for anyone, even your spouse or whoever, to support you with that. So yeah. um, so I would say in my self-discovery journey, 
um, you know, there, there are times where he's like, I know something is happening, but are you okay? How can I support? How can I help? <laughs> I, I, and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you can help. <laughs> and at that point, you just need to know to let them be, you know, and let them discover themselves. And that's all part of growth, you know, where the other person is really trying to figure out who they are, who they've been called to be, and, you know, what their journey in life needs to look like. And until they find that spot where they can express it to you, you can't, I mean, the spouse cannot help you. And we've had that, you know, um, we've definitely experienced that where sometimes I'm going through this phase and I'm struggling with this phase. And sometimes I'm like, I need you to do something. I need you to help somehow. And it's like, how can I help? And it's like, I don't know. Nobody knows, right? He doesn't know how to help me. I don't know how to help him help me. You know, it's just, you know, so we've definitely gone through that phase where we're just trying to figure it out. And, you know, but when I got to the phase where I said, okay, I think I have an idea of what's happening with me and, you know, what I'm not happy with and what I'm trying to change and all of that then it was easier for him to say, okay, all right, now I understand, I get it, and I can respect that, and okay. And then, of course, you can let him know, this is how I need you to support me right now. And sometimes that could be, I just need you to be understanding. I don't need you to do anything, I just need you to understand that, you know, I'm going through this phase, and I just need you to understand, don't do anything, right? And just don't try to... Um, you know, like don't don't try to make it complicated. You don't have to do anything. Just understand and listen. And as women, sometimes we just need the men to listen. We don't need you guys to take any action. Just listen, <laughs> and we can go on with our you know hours of story and giving you feedback. And sometimes I was like, oh god, I have to hear all of this. Um, but you know, I just need you to listen. That's it. So, and once you guys are able to understand that, you have to know your spouse, know what makes them happy, know what, you know, doesn't make them happy, and know when they're going through self-discovery, and just, you know, give them their, their space, but also be there, let them know that you're here to support them, however they need you to support them. So, to, the short answer to your question is, no, it's, it has not always been a black and white, yes, you know, I pitched this idea, and yes, it's ready to support. It's no, it, it varies and with experience, you know, just letting the person be and supporting them when they need to support and when you're able to support. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I think that's a, that's a great tip um, for making marriage work. Because I think um, a lot of times people don't know that we'll go through this phase. Or at least if, if it was articulated to me by my mom or the, the elders before me, I didn't really understand it. No. So, so it's new to you, but I think even in the marriage, you know, your partner is wondering, you're changing, you're not yeah. cool. You're, you know, like there's now a bit of anxiety around that in general even. Mm -hmm. So I think um, the tip around, you know, just sometimes you don't know. Sometimes you don't know what you want. Sometimes you don't know how to support. But occupy that space of discomfort 
because hopefully sooner or later it'll figure itself out. I think right. a lot of times in marriage, people panic. You know, mm-hmm. my partner's going through this, I'm so nervous, you don't know how to support. And that yeah. causes even, you know, more stress and that could cause, you know, some breakdowns in communication and maybe the marriage. So yeah, I think that's a great point is just sometimes just ride it out, you know. Just, yeah where this is going and offer support where you can so yeah quick question um and i don't know how much time we have but um let me just ask you so obviously that's your business going and i don't know if you have like a man's plan i haven't been to your website yet which i have to go check out it's amazing Um, (laughs) check it out and you have to get her a piece okay so (laughs) my birthday is coming my birthday, my birthday is coming up. So what is it? July first. Oh, okay, Matt. You and I need to talk. You have to okay. get her an Oya piece. That would be an amazing birthday gift. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, okay. It's gonna happen. Okay. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Be expecting it. Be 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 in expectation. Okay, you're gonna get it. Okay, good. It's on, it's on camera. I can always. It's on want. camera. He can't deny it. <laughs> Cannot deny it, so. I'm all about supporting my black businesses. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Let's get it. Um, yeah. uh, but the question was, okay, so yes, yeah, so I mean, it's, it's going to take work, right? Getting it to be successful takes work, but you also don't want to get to the point where you're also overwhelmed again. So how are, how do you balance for those of um, us you know, who are trying to take that same step, balance both, I would say, um, forcing yourself to do work, because I, I can be very lazy, um, but at the same time, also forcing yourself not to be overwhelmed, like there's a balance there, you know, how, what do you do to achieve both? So, um, I think a big part is setting priorities, right? Mm-hmm. So you have your goals, you have your focus, you know where you're trying to go. That's the first step. Now, there are many things that will come in your way, many distractions, many, you know, ideas and suggestions and all of that. And you can't just take everything and, you know, you, you listen, you know, to all the recommendations, suggestions and all of that. But you have to take it all in and prioritize. Which one of those things will get me closer to my end goal of where I'm trying to get to, right? And which one can I not worry about right now, you know? Mm -hmm. So for me, it it really is, it it has been that setting goals and priorities and just trying to figure out what do I need to do now to make this happen? I know Mm -hmm. I still have to do X, Y, and Z, but what can wait and what can I do now? So I think that that's been um, a, a big thing for me in terms of helping, you know, strike that balance. Um, the other piece I would say um, is making sure that whatever you're doing makes you happy, like gets you excited. Because if you're doing something that, you know, you don't really care about, that you don't care for, it's going to be a chore. It's going to feel like a chore. You don't want it to feel like a chore. So when it starts becoming a chore, that means maybe it's really not your passion. Maybe it's not something you should be doing in the first place. 
right? But, you know, when it's something that, you know, that is a passion of yours that you know that, oh my God, I'm excited to wake up and do this, right? I, you know, it gets me happy. It's easy to get things done, right? Example, I wanted to start this, this fashion line. I knew I had passion for it. I knew I'd love to see myself there, but I didn't know what to do. How do I start? What do I do first? Like, what is it about? I've never, you know, and people ask me, a lot of people ask me, they're like, well, do you have any experience in designs and this and that? I'm like, no, I don't. I can't even draw anything to save a life. The struggle that I encountered at the beginning was, how do I put on, you know, how do I put down what's in my head into papers? Because mm -hmm. you have to be able to express the design that you have in your head to somebody to interpret it, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know how to sew. I don't know how to draw. I don't have any type of artistic skills in me, <laughs> you know, but I know what I want. I know what I want to see. I know what I want it to look like. Now, how do I do it, right? So yeah. that's where, you know, sometimes you have to take the first step. Um, and for me, this business came about, I can't say I did this business independent of my faith. It goes together. It, it yeah. really goes together. The business came as a result of my faith and my walk you know, with God and all of that. Because, mm -hmm. again, I didn't know what to do first. And, you know, sometimes just sitting down and praying about it and saying, God, I need, you know, help me. I don't know what to do. I want to do this, but I don't know how to do it. And, you know, one day I was sitting down on my couch and I'm like, how do I get this design down? And, you know, like something in me, and I say the Holy Spirit, not to get overly religious here, just said, pick up a paper and a pencil and draw. I'm like, but I can't draw. Well, do something. <laughs> try it. Give it a try, you know? And I did. I picked up a book and I picked up my pencil and I started scribbling and scribbling. It was not, it didn't look perfect the first time. I erased it again. I'm like, no. And just kept trying and trying and trying until, bam, it looks like a, you know, like a design. I'm like, oh, okay. Now someone can interpret this and know what I'm trying to explain. So again, it's a combination for me. So mixing my faith and making sure that, you know, I'm, I'm not doing anything independent of that. Because for me, I find my purpose in my faith. And I believe that every step I take and everything that I do, um, together with my faith, can get me to where I need to get to versus trying to do it on my own. I've been trying to do it on my own for way too long and it didn't get me to much places. And I've seen a big difference between when I try to do it on my own and doing it collectively with my faith. It's like a, mm -hmm. a major push and advancement, you know, um, together with the faith. So, so the short answer, prioritization for me, and, you know, making sure I'm aligning it with my faith. And okay. yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah, that's good. That, that, that is good. And, and I recently heard, um, you know, someone asked the same question um, to someone who was being interviewed on um, Harvard Business Review, you know, in terms of th this was around how do you evolve or transition from being an employee to maybe starting your own business? Um, th that was the specific example of going from one phase to another, but it, it could be anything, right? Um, and the 
response was, you know, just exactly what you said. You have to keep your eye on phase two and understand that you're going to have to be somewhat um, irresponsible with phase one. So, uh, you know, if your goal is to move to that next level, you know, keep your eye, just as you said, prioritize what you're doing for phase two. And then whatever resources you have left, <laughs> you yes. apply to phase one. Right, right. <laughs> because right. you and bring to bear what is necessary to give birth to what you're, where you're going. Yeah. Um, but you have to understand that something is going to have to give and be comfortable with that, you know. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if you are an A player, A plus plus player in phase, <laughs> in the current phase, maybe you go down to a B player. You know, maybe right. you're not putting 15 hours at work anymore, and it's right. just the hours that they ask you do eight right. hours and keep moving. So um, yeah, I think it's um, it's an understanding all of um, you know what is necessary, what your limitations are, and what you may need to give up. To, right, um, right, next so, right. And sometimes it's all about really taking that first step. You know, sometimes you don't have it all figured out at the beginning, and you won't, right? But yeah. when you take that first step, the the next step will unravel itself. You take yeah. another step, the next step will unravel. And that's sort of, you know, what I've experienced with, you know, business and everything else of yeah. when I move, but you cannot achieve anything by just staying there. You have to, you have to take a step. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like what you say, Mac, and the um, direction is in the decision. So once you make it, because a lot of people are looking for direction without moving. Oh, yeah. Once you once you take take a step, you know, make a decision to make do something, then right. you will get additional focus as to whether or not that's the path that you need to be on and additional will come. So yeah, Absolutely. no, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Um so as we wrap up, this means some days today, you know, we always ask, you know, um, as you're trying to push beyond your um boundaries and you know, um, you know, just do things that are um, maybe even beyond your wildest dreams, you know, what are you thinking about? I mean, 2020, we got six more months and who knows how to, <laughs> you know, how we can truly make the most of it. But in your wildest dreams, like what are you swinging for um, either by the end of the year or in a very short order? Um, maybe that even somewhat scares you, but you're realizing you're going to have to put in place the steps one, two, and three that you talked about to be able to push beyond that fear. And right before you answer that, I just wanted to say, just so you can um, encapsulate, because when you said six months, I just thought to myself, like, we're constantly thinking as we had our goals in the beginning, oh my God, time is flying by so fast. But really, we have a whole half a year left. Yeah. So there is, <laughs> you can, if you really want to, there are some, some things that could happen based on what you wanted to have done. It's, it's, it's short, but at the same time, it's still a half a year. Yeah. So I just wanted to say that because that was something that just hit me. So now your turn. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so, I mean, well, 2020, um, I'd like to, I mean, I, I, I want us to get to a place where we, we get some type of norm, you know, normal life back, right, with all this COVID-19 and all that stuff going on. Um, but my initial plan actually this year was to officially launch, um, Oye Collection, um, which of, of course with the, um, with the COVID-19 and the lockdown and everything, 
I haven't been able to do that the way I really wanted to do it. Yes, I introduced the business and we got on and started, you know, um, uh, working and, and functioning in December. But to just formally, officially launch it, I think I'd like to be able to do that uh, before the end of this year, um, God willing. And so, um, but I think uh, the goal would be to really get the words out there, to get the you know OEA collection out there, um, uh, and really to serve as that platform to empower women. And there are so many other aspects of, of, of OEA collection that will be evolving um, over the next few months, over the next few years um, uh, that I'd like to see in terms of that aspect of empowering women and, you know, um, and just bringing the boldness and the fierceness out of every woman out there. So um, I'd like to get to that point. And so that that is my vision, to, to serve as a major platform to to really bring back life and light to women all over the, the country. So um, that would be my goal. And of course, we'd love to see Oya Collection uh, represented in different boutiques and you know, different stores and things like that. So, yeah, that's what I'm working towards. <laughs> that's it will happen. Yeah, of course, of course. I believe that's it. Cool. I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I, I love it. I love your your passion. I love your story. I love your background. I love the fact that, um, you know, you're just doing so much, but all of it is speaking to you in different ways. So you're not denying any one of your gifts or or talents. You know, you're trying to figure out ways to honor them and um, in a cohesive way and still make it fit um, a life of purpose. So I think you're doing an amazing job. So Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you for coming on. We appreciate this. And um, to the listeners, thanks for listening. And we hope you've enjoyed this episode where we encourage you to live your life like it's a fucking vacation. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Typically, like, warn people that this is coming but yeah that's the tagline <laughs> we're gonna need to work on that tagline <laughs> you know what i think our last episode people like yeah we need to work on it you know yeah, the, last we, we, need, we need to work on that just just <laughs> a, a particular piece of it and i'm sure you know what i'm talking about but yeah Listen. It's supposed to be provocative. Maybe we're, that goes viral. We're, we're not going to talk about that on air. We're going to talk about that later. <laughs> we're going to cut all of this out. So don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely, live your life. Live your life to the fullest and find purpose, find meaning, and go after your dreams. You know, go after what makes you happy. It's always great yeah. seeing you and talking to you. Yeah, so in addition to um, com, which is O-Y-E-C-O-L-L-E-C-T-I-O-N, and we'll put it there um, so people can see. Where else can people find you and follow your journey? So on Instagram, it is collection. Uh, so on Facebook, it's the same thing. So Instagram and Facebook, William of Collection is the name there. Um, and also in the ministry page, um, that is Zen Worship. So it's Z-E-N Worship um, on Instagram. 
and on Facebook as well. So you can either type in Dr. Nika um, or just vegan worship and you should be able to find me. Uh, so yeah, that, that's, that's where I'm at. <laughs> awesome, awesome. All right. Well, thank you much. Um, and we'll watch out later. <laughs>